0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, thank you. It's good to be here today. We love you. Man, it's an awesome thing to celebrate the kingdom of God and come and worship together. God's going to touch your hearts today in one way or other. He may have already, but we we'll just believe God He'll keep moving right here today. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. I'd like for you to, to get your hand up and get in the Word of God. Once again, you get in the Word, God will get into you. And so, again today, you're going to get large portions of the Word of God. Once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23. Proverbs 23. You know, there was a man who decided he wanted to be a monk out of all things. And so he goes to the head monk and asks what he needs to do. And the monk says to him, he said, You're going to be here for 21 years. And he said, every seven years, you get to speak two words. So he agreed to it. And so he'd been there seven years. And the head monk looked at him and said, what's your first two words? And he said, food, bad. The head monk just nodded at him. And so he keeps going through the program. Year 14 ends. And he says, what's your next two words? And he said, bed, hard, he just kind of looks, and so he gets to the last year. He's about to graduate, and the monk says, What's your last words? And he said, I quit. And the head monk looked at him and said, Good. The only thing you've done since you've been here is complain. And so, oftentimes, with our words, we don't realize the power they have them. And so, biblically today, I want you to see some things where I believe it's going to raise the standard in your life with the words that you speak. So we begin in Proverbs 23, verse 16. Yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things, when your lips speak righteous words, when I start getting my lips and my mouth in agreement with what God said, and it's very powerful. And so you keep looking at those and and let that saturate, let that get on the inside. That literally God celebrates when I speak right words. Go to your left, back to Proverbs 18. Now in, in Proverbs 18, this passage here, this is one that you really need to get a hold of, okay? This is one of the best ones that there are in the entire Bible on this. Proverbs 18, verse 20. And a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. (laughs) Wise words will satisfy like a good meal, is what the message says. From the produce of his lips, or better yet, from the produce of my lips, he shall be filled, or I shall be filled. And so right words bring satisfaction. Now, the author of the book of Proverbs was King David's son, Solomon. And Solomon was said to be the wisest man in the world, And so Solomon, I believe, he began to tap in on how powerful your words are and my words are. And he realized the very words that I speak out of my mouth have great consequences one way or another. Now look at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Better stated, The tongue can bring death or life. And you will reap the consequences of what you say. I will reap the consequences of what I say. My words make a powerful impression. Even upon my life. Now if you're a person that continually speaks fear, the air around you will vibrate with fear. If you speak destruction and disaster... Those things you speak out of your mouth will literally infect you. If you speak failure, failure is what you'll begin to walk in. But on the contrary, if you learn to speak life, if you learn to speak blessing, if you learn to speak health, victory, that's what you'll begin to walk in. And so every bit of it is a choice. Once again, the key is I start allowing my words to line up with what Father God said. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 5. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Not because of anything I've done, but because what Jesus said. You know in Colossians 1.13, he said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness. So no matter what the darkness is in your life, I think it's important that we begin to get our mouth in an agreement. And you may have darkness in a certain area. You begin to address it and you say, I thank you, Lord. You've delivered me out of the power of whatever that darkness is. Do you know that we are said in, are, are told in, in Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? What have we been redeemed from? The word redeemed means repurchased. Actually, it says we've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death, the curse of the law, according to Galatians 3.13. And so if I've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death, I need to start believing and speaking, I walk in divine life, I walk in divine health, and I walk in divine blessings. Do you know why? Because God said so. And so it's very important that I begin to get a hold of these words because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now look what he goes on to say at the end of verse 21. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love death will eat the fruit of death. And those who love life will eat the fruit of their life. And so it's big that I get a hold of this now. Most of the rest of the morning, we're going to spend in the book of James. So turn way, way back there in the New Testament. Right after Hebrews is the book of James, chapter 3. The quality of your life has a great deal to do with the words you speak out of your mouth. Pastor, do you have this mastered? No. No, I'm still a work in progress. But I will tell you this. I'm a lot farther along today than I was 30 years ago. And I still have to keep raising the standard. And at times, I need a spiritual checkup to get me back in line. When I begin to think and hear the very words that I've said out of my mouth, and there's times I don't want to say those things. And so it becomes a discipline. James 3 verse 1. My brethren, fellow believers, Christians... Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. I'm very aware of that verse. That's why I like to preach the Word of God. Verse 2. For we stumble in many things. Yes, we do. As human beings, we are triple threats. We stumble, we fumble, and we fall. But we can get back up. We stumble in many things. Now, get this right here, this next sentence. If, If anyone... That's you. That's the person next to you. If anyone does not stumble in word, if anyone does not stumble in speech, he is a perfect man. Now understand the word perfect there. It literally means complete. It means sound. As a believer, it denotes being a mature Christian. So a mature Christian isn't just someone that walks around with ten Bibles in their hand. A a, a mature Christian doesn't just have a Jesus freak bumper sticker. He doesn't just wear a cross. He doesn't have t-shirts. No, according to this, the perfect man, the mature man is the man that understands the power of his words. Thank you for those two holy grunts. And he is able also to bridle the whole body. Now when he says that there, the Amplified says, he literally is able to curb his whole nature. How? By the words out of my mouth. By the words out of your mouth. Now you're going to begin to see this stuff is significant, okay? And again, I'm going to highlight some things. I'm not preach it, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, leak it, and he speak it or whatever, okay? I realize this stuff was abused a long time ago, but if we stay in the guideline of the perimeters of the Word of God, this stuff happens. It'll happen. The key is I find out what God says about me, and I start saying it. Illustration, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can. I can. Some of you in situations right now where the words of your mouth said, I can't, I can't, I can't. Do you know those who say they can and can't are both right? They're both right. But you're going to decide which one you are. Now, James uses three analogies in verse 3, 4, and 5. Every one of these pertain to the mouth. Verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths... A bit is a piece of metal, and I, I'm no expert on horses, I promise you that. I said in the first service, the only horse that I'd get on is the one at Kmart where I can pull the cord. I hate horses, okay? But I do understand that when they put that bit in a horse's mouth, it does stuff. If you'll note here in this verse, it's twofold. Beginning first, we put bits in horse's mouth that they may obey us. How do they teach a horse to obey? They deal with his mouth. Whoa, whoa. And guess what he does? They pull those reins. That horse stops. He begins to understand. And so the analogy here to begin with, if you want to begin to treat your mouth and have obedience in it, then i got to start becoming aware. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and get a a bit for your, your husband, okay? Some of you think that'd be a good idea. That's not what we're talking about. But look at the next thing he says. And we turn their whole body. So you begin to teach a horse not only discipline how to obey with the mouth, but they teach the horse which direction to go by the very mouth. And so the analogy here to a degree is like a wild horse. A wild horse is really of no value. Think about it. All he does all day is run wild. He's never any benefit or use. But a wild horse can be broken. It takes time. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So looking at this analogy, are there areas in your life that right now you don't like the direction you're going? Think about it. What are you saying to it? Really, it's Mark eleven twenty three 23, speaking to the mountain. The next analogy, verse 4. Look also at ships, although they are large and are driven by fierce winds. Now, just get the mindset of of these massive ships in in your mind. Think about a cruise ship. You know, some of them will hold literally 2,000 people. Bowling alleys on them, skating rinks on them, masses of motels. So are masses of restaurants, and so there's literally thousands of people. It's a big ship. Watch what he says here. They are so large, and they are driven by fierce wind. They are turned by a very small rudder. So the rudder in proportion to the ship is tiny, and it's the same as the tongue is to my body. Now, if you look what he said there, the way the the ship goes is the way the rudder tells it to go. And that rudder tells it to go no matter if it's calm or even in the storms. So oftentimes as human beings, it's very easy for us to be able to speak the right things whenever things calm. Oh, whenever things calm, we look and say, Praise the Lord. Oh, isn't Jesus good? Life is so wonderful, but when the storms of life come, what normally comes out of people's mouth? We're sinking. We're not going to make it. It's bad. It's bad. Now look what he says next. It's very interesting here. Wherever the pilot desires. So the analogy is all that is the pilot He literally tells the the rudder where we're going to go by steering it. And the rudder tells the ship where to go, the destiny or the direction of the ship. Who's the pilot of your ship? You are. And your rudder is your tongue. And by you being the pilot of your life, with your tongue, you literally tell the direction of your life. Whether in the calm or whether in the storms. So better said in this verse right here, your words today are steering you toward your tomorrow. What am I saying about my todays? Verse 5, watch this. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. The tongue is literally disproportionately small compared to the whole body. It's a little bitty. Watch his words here. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Now, I want you to think about this because he's literally talking about a spark. Think about if you had flint or a rock and you started chipping them together. It would take really, really deep concentration to even see the spark. That spark's a little bitty, little bitty, little bitty. But it has great power and potential. So in that analogy there, think about it in this sense. That little spark that looks so small can cause great devastation or destruction. Think about the forest fires, right? And if you watch the news, it's all up and down the West Coast. I saw the other day where one of them just burned up 38 homes. So again, he's telling us the power of it. A lot of times you find out, how did that forest fire start? Just a little spark. Somebody threw a cigarette butt out the window. They threw the wrong butt out. Got him in trouble. That's a joke, okay? (laughs) Let me get back on track here. Sometimes I humor myself. Maybe not you. And so that's what he's talking about here. How powerful now. He says, how a force a little fire kindles. The tongue, my tongue, your tongue, is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. That word iniquity there, it, it means unrighteousness. It means wickedness. And he's saying, my tongue has the capabilities of being wicked. Read on. The tongue is so set among our members, what would our members be? Every part of me, my mind, my every bit of me. He said, the the, the tongue is so set among our members, now watch this, that it defiles, the word defiles means it contaminates, it corrupts every part within me. You know, if you look at this, what I begin to see here for my own life, it says that it has the ability to defile me. My body takes orders from my tongue. What he's telling me right here. Everything we do, you know, how many of you have been laying in the bed one morning, and all of a sudden you say out of your mouth, Man, I got to get up. I got to get up. You go ahead and get up. You obey. So much of what we do is connected to our mouth. So he goes on to say this it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature or the course of my existence. The fire does is what he's talking about here. Wow, it's powerful. And it sets on fire by hell. Now, when you begin to look at everything he's talking about, he's talking about the power of a fire that is like a forest fire. It said this about a forest fire, that after a forest fire goes through an area, it takes 11 years for that area to grow back to what it used to be. The only way that you put out a forest fire... Is by extinguishing it. How do I extinguish the forest fire that I've caused by the word of my mouth? I believe the first thing we got to do is repent of it. And we say, Father God, I don't want to do that. But not only do I repent of it, I've got to quit saying those negative things. And when you think about a, 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 fire, a forest fire or a firefighter, he walks up and down the lines day after day after they've got it out. And you know what he does? He keeps putting out hot spots. Those will try to come back. Well, it's the same in our life. We keep trying to do those things. And so not only do we repent of it, we've got to change our vocabulary. We've got to stop saying those things. And then guess what? You get the honor to do. You start replanting vegetation and trees and foliage and bushes, and you begin to watch it grow. How does that look, Pastor, through the words of my mouth? I stop saying death and I start saying life. But think about this, that as a forest fire goes, all the destruction that it's done, you can't reverse it. It's happened. So guess what I got to do? I got to stop it and I got to say, Lord, I'm going to rebuild. I'm not going that direction anymore. Now, for 35 years of my life, I've been trying to walk this out. And there's seasons of my life I get really, really, really close and, and the Holy Spirit will begin to move in me. And He'll watch me and help me to, to, to be very careful as a surgeon is to speak the words of God. I become very precise. Keep reading, verse 6. Now, verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Yeah, that's true. How I many you have ever seen a parrot talk? Have you ever seen the monkeys jumping through hoops? Go to SeaWorld and see the walruses doing crazy things? To see Shamu do those things? That's what he's talking about. He said, we've seen animals trained, but look what he says in verse number 8. But no man can tame the tongue. Can't do it. No man can tame the tongue. Keep reading. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So if no man can tame the tongue, then I have no responsibility to it. No, you do have responsibility. Everything you say. See, any time we've been given power, in Proverbs 18, 21, said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. With power comes responsibility and accountability. Because my tongue is creative or destructive. But he said, no man can tame it. That's true. But God can. God can tame it. And one of the best things you begin to do is, say, oh, Father God, my tongue is out of control. I need help. And then you begin to invite the Holy Spirit in. And one of the fruits of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, and 23, is the fruit of self-control. Lord, give me self-control. And when you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to give you self-control, your little tongue will get ready to say, you will stop you and say, don't say it. Don't say it. Now, he ended right there in that verse and said, It's like deadly poison, your tongue is. If I begin to view my tongue as a rattlesnake, you know what I would think? I don't want to get near that. I want to stay as far away as that as I can. And literally what he's talking about there is the tongue is deadly poison because of the junk that comes out of my tongue. So it's like a reminder, I don't want to speak those things. I don't want to be around a rattlesnake. I don't want to be around that. So he's trying to make us aware of the very things we say. Keep reading. With it, my tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it, my tongue, we curse men who've been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, my fellow believers, these things ought not to be so. You know what he's telling me here? You're notoriously inconsistent. I say blessings one day, and I say the curse the next day. It's if James is saying, listen boys and girls, raise the standard. Raise the standard. Now I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done it before, and I witness it here quite a bit. When people come up and say... Can you pray for me, Pastor? And I would look at Ronnie and say, Ronnie, what do you want me to pray for? And he said, Pastor, I'm struggling in school. I need help in school. And I pray, Father God, bless Ronnie. Give him the mind of Christ. Let him remember those things he needs to. And Ronnie says, thank you, Pastor. And then he turns around and looks at Anna and says, Anna, I'm making horrible grades. I don't ever do any good. You know what you've just done? You've negated the very thing that you asked God to pray. How? How? You break the eleventh commandment. Some of you say, "I didn't know there were eleventh commandments." Oh, there is. Thou shalt not be hung by thy tongue. It will get you. And so, when I pray and I ask God to do those things in my life, the key is to keep saying, "Man, Father God, I thank you. I thank you. You're working in my life. You know what you're doing." You are planting new seeds where that forest fire has gone in, and you're saying, I'm going to have new vegetation in my life. I'm going to have new new flowers in my life. Blessings. Keep reading. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? No. Grapevine bear figs? No. Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. you know what he's telling me? It'll be either one or it'll be the other. And the words of my mouth reveal my identity. That's why it's important that I begin to find scripture. And I begin to say that over my life. And I stay in agreement. How long do you got to say it, pastor? The rest of your life. You grab down on that stuff and you get a hold of it and you speak it out of your mouth. And I don't care if you've been dominated by alcohol, drugs, sexual immorality, lust, pornography. You begin to say out of your mouth, Father God, you said in Colossians 1, 12, and 13 that you qualified me as a partaker of the inheritance in light. You delivered me out of the power of darkness. You transferred me out of the kingdom of darkness into kingdom of light. And so you begin to say, I walk in freedom. I walk in victory. That alcohol has no dominion over me because of the name of Jesus. How long do I say that, Pastor? One week? No. See, that's our problem in our society. Well, I said it for a week, Pastor, nothing happened. We have this ATM mentality. Remember. If it took that forest fire 11 years to come back to where it was, it may not happen overnight. But listen, and if you were here last week, remember, the Word of God does not change. It's forever settled in heaven. So I just keep speaking what God said. Turn back to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Listen real close to this passage here. Verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, here we are talking with the brethren again. Let every man, that's you, that's your neighbor, that's every one of us here, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath or anger. Now, usually as human beings, we get that mixed up. We're swift to speak, and we're slow to hear. But he said, be swift to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Think about this in your life. Two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, but just one mouth. He's saying, slow down and be very careful with the things you allow to come out of your mouth. Be swift to hear and then begin to process before you speak. How many have ever spoken? I mean, you're just like a Gatling gun. And then you realize, oh no. See, my words are literally like bullets. (laughs) I've done that. I've looked and i thought, oh, Jesus, why did I say that? Death and life are in the power of tongue. Now, he said, be slow to wrath also. Watch verse 20. For with the wrath of man does not produce or grow the righteousness of God. So he puts all this together. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Think about this when you get angry. What normally happens with people when they get angry? Oh my gosh, we speak. The floodgates open. You have ever been mad at your wife? I mean, you bring up everything in the book. I've done it. And so the key here is swift to hear. Be slow to speak. Slow to speak, Father God, help me. Same chapter, verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, (laughs) thinks he's religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religious is useless. Now I love that thought right there, because guess what? I can come in here on Sunday morning, I can quote the Bible, I can tell you the books in the Bible, I can tell you I've got a 38-year Sunday school pen, I know all the words of kumbaya, I done. but he said the key was, as a human being, as a born-again believer, you're nothing unless you can learn to bridle your tongue. You know what he's dealing with, I believe? Gossip and stirring up crap among the brethren, and crap's in the Greek for some of you. I mean, it's a big deal that I can't do this stuff. They say, "Huh." uh you know, here's a thought for you. You ever get around anybody in the church that's yakking about somebody? If David was sitting here yakking about Greg Bowden, and I'm just using as illustration, you know what I'd say to him? I'd say, Dave, just sit here a minute. Greg, come over here. Dave's got some things to say to you. It snipped that stuff right in the buttocks, man. I'm going to tell you right, right now. We'd begin to do that. It put that fire out real. But but, 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 Pastor, I didn't mean to talk, talk, talk to him. One last verse, go to the 141st Psalm. Psalm 141, this is King David here. King David evidently had problems with his tongue too. Now, here as you're turning to Psalm 141, here's a great statistic for you if you like statistics. The average human being, and circle the word average, he speaks seven, or he opens his mouth 700 times a day. Now, again, I said average. Some of you far exceed that, okay? And some of us are a little bit lower than that, but for the average. Now, when I say you open your mouth 700 times, that's just opening your mouth. That's not counting all the words that go out. They say, now this is statistically, that most men will speak approximately 10,000 words a day. Ladies, yours are way up there. You're more than us. And some of you say, well, you don't know my husband. I'm just staying for the average, okay? Psalm 141, verse 1. Lord, I cry out to you, make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. And so it's very clear here that David's in a a position of prayer. He said, oh, Father God, listen to me. But look what it goes on to say at the end of verse 2. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So picture this, David's praying. And some of you have always thought, why do these people raise their hands in surface? Is this some new form of religion? Do they think they're going to fly? Or No. It's looking up and saying, Father God, I put my hands up as a form of worship to you. I honor you, King Jesus. So he's praying to God with his hands. And Now look what happens in verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Note right there, he didn't say, Lord, set a fire down in my... No. He said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. You know what? He understood death and life are in the power of the tongue. And many times in King David's life, he was going through incredible battles, incredible wars. And I think when he was in those, it was like, oh Lord, set a guard over me. Over my mouth. I I don't want to say negative things. I don't want to say things that don't line up with your Word." It's the same for every one of us in here. So maybe today, you need a little obedience in your life. and You need to discipline your tongue. It's okay. There's always a starting point. Maybe today you don't like the direction of your life, the way it's been going. Now, in that sense, right there, think: what have I been saying? You not like the direction, the rudder of your mouth sending you? Have you started a forest fire? See, it can be this different for every one of us in here. But again, the Lord wants us just to raise the standard, no matter where you're at. Maybe you're at a beginning point. Raise the standard. Maybe you're at a place in your life where I I, I need to go further. And again, one of the healthiest things you can do is get with someone, if you're married, your spouse, if you're not married, someone else, and let them hold you accountable. And it's not always pleasant, guys. I've been there. And I shared that last week that me and Shelly made the pact. If we ever say anything out of our mouth that doesn't agree with the Word of God, the other one got the opportunity to, to correct them. It wasn't pleasant because, man, I got disciplined over and over and over. I'd, it irritated me. I would I'd look at her. Do you know the truth was? I knew she was right. I made it even worse. And I began to realize, you know what? I would begin to catch myself and the Holy Spirit began to move. And so you've got to begin to look at that in your life. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.